Welcome to Fat Chicks on Top. This podcast contains frank discussions about the body, sexuality, and occasionally uses swear words, which may not be appropriate for people under the age of 18. This podcast also uses facts, statistics, and mathematics, which may not be appropriate for liberal arts majors. And this podcast relies on science and reality, which may not be appropriate for evangelicals. Welcome to Fat Chicks on Top. You're here today with your host, Auntie Vice. I'm thrilled to be back. And today we got lucky. I get both Dick Wound and Gwen by Daily from Off the Cuffs podcast. For anybody who regularly listens to Kink Podcast, you know they're one of the bigger ones. They've had some amazing guests, great conversations. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And hello. <laughs> so happy to be here. And at least this is all on be... one track, so oh, you don't yeah. so you don't have to worry about uh, us interrupting each other so much. <laughs> True, <laughs> you know I, that's that's why I'm a great editor. Is he cleans all of that up in post, and I don't have to. I didn't have to learn all that stuff. It's fantastic. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> so let's let's start. You have one of the biggest podcasts, uh, kink podcast out there. You've been doing it a lot longer than most kink podcasts. So. What made you decide to say, this is what we want to do? And you've obviously spent a ton of time developing the show. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'll take a crack at this yeah. just because Gwen was a later addition to the show. It was kind of more formed by the time you jumped in. But honestly, there were some kink podcasts out there. A lot of them have kind of stopped by, by this point. A lot of, but a lot of the ones at the time were like more like pro doms that were like sort of doing like, it was this and this is like not against like pro doms or sex work. We're both sex workers. We're both, you know, but it was more like it felt more like industry or like or sort of like businessy than lifestyle. And there was a couple of lifestyle ones also, but they were really hard to find by keywords. So I found some like like I, I was I found some after I started off the cuffs that I was like, oh, if I had found this one, I would have been listening to this one for a while. But basically, it was just sort of the thing where I had I had just sort of recently joined the kink community. Um, I've been kinky pretty much my whole life, but never really found a place. And as I was learning and uh, kind of growing in the community, I was just like, I want to document my journey. And that was sort of how it started. And then it was just sort of like, and as we started it, I was like, I, I just really want to make a show that I want to hear. So, and I know it's not for everyone. It probably like there's, there's, we have plenty of bad reviews too. People don't like how much I say like, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's for people who, who like I'm making a show that I want to hear. And I don't know, it just happened to be like, I guess a lot of other people wanted to hear it too. It's been, it's been really interesting. And we've sort of shifted our, I don't want to say focus, but I, I, the show has sort of evolved over time and, we realized it sort of was less about my journey and more about um, sort of getting people out in the world that are either lifestylers or professionals or whatever and getting their intimate take on on kink and how it like 
improves their life or is part of their life or just the the pervy things they get up to you know like we we all like listening to some salacious things sometimes we all like hearing educational things and it's just it's got like a bit of everything and i think by the time gwen you came in um it was cool because it was more about like the guests and like and then you coming in you were newer to the community and it was almost like i got to like hand the torch off to someone else to be like this is this is what I'm learning and growing and going through. And Gwen has sort of become the, the, the sample subject. Like, what do you, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the person who's like sort of replaced me, what I was doing in the beginning. And now I'm like the other person. Yeah. So and yeah, I would say like for me ever since then, in a nutshell, it's just been like my kind of aim with the show has been to just spread knowledge and understanding in order to like reduce judgment and stigma surrounding like yeah kink and BDSM because I just feel like so many people once they hear someone's story or like why they are into the things that they're into they like it goes from being a thing that of like somebody that's not familiar with it might just be fully closed off to to like having at least like an openness to yeah like, that is all that I'm really trying to do and mainly the guests do that for us but yeah yeah well and that leads to a perfect transition to the question you ask all your guests <laughs> what was your kinky radioactive spider bite for me, I feel like there wasn't a specific spider bite moment into kink. Like, I feel like it was like a lot of people on the show say like that they were born kinky or it was just kind of always there. I think that's how it was for me because I remember um, just as a kid, even with my like stuffed animals and stuff playing out like power play situations and like getting feelings from that that weren't even like didn't have the knowledge to say like arousal or anything like that but I think just my whole life I've just been kind of drawn to like power dynamics and I also then as I started like forming more of my own like sexuality and sexual identity and such I was drawn to a lot more of like kink related porn but was like also repressing a lot of that yeah. and also didn't know that it was a thing that existed in the real world. I thought it was just kind of in porn and fantasy and erotica. And so I didn't even know it was a thing that I could seek out until I found like off the cuffs and was like, oh, actually, there are plenty of people playing out these relationships and fantasies in ethical ways. And they seem like pretty happy with their sex lives so yeah. maybe i could do that too and then here we are yeah yeah <laughs> and we also started a relationship at some point and yes like, yeah that too yeah yeah for me it's interesting because i used to ask the question you know that question of people and i didn't even really fully understand i think it, it wasn't until people pushed back against the question. I, I've had guests that were sort of like, I don't like that because that implies that something happened to me that blah, blah, blah. And like over time and like hearing things, I've sort of like landed on the fact that like, I feel like that's probably true. Most people are, it's probably just something that you're born with. And the radioactive spider bite question is more like, what was the thing that informed you to the, or awoken the thing that was already there in you? Uh, I guess is like is like the, the way it is for me. 
to give like an, an accurate answer to like my awakening thing. It was watching Batman 66, the TV show, basically uh, Julie Newmar or Eartha Kitt as Catwoman having Batman or Robin or Batman and Robin or Batman, Robin and Batgirl tied up in some kind of weird death trap. And like the peril situations of like that were the things that like kind of turned me on. I'd say probably bef- like I don't think I'd ever known what around. I didn't even know that was arousal when it was happening. I just knew I felt weird. <laughs> but uh, I think that was definitely the first like sense of arousal that I got was sort of feeling like I was in some sort of impending danger or doom. And so for me, that was my uh, that was my radioactive spider bite. Yeah. Yeah. Referencing a DC thing uh, for a Marvel question. But calm down, nerds. Like, I I, I know the difference. <laughs> we actually call that a dick shrinking moment in my household. Is if I cross genres and reference during sexy talk, it becomes a dick shrinker. Amazing. My man is a hardcore nerd. You both bring up. It took a while to find information and the language around it to to find what was going on that this is more than just some random thing that you see in porn or you know that people can do this ethically and now there is so much information and as one of my friends has put it the internet is a big dark scary place so if you start looking up kink and bdsm you can quickly come into areas that you don't want to see so for people who might be be looking for a good entry point where do you suggest people start looking for good information that can kind of ease you into this whole world honestly for me weirdly enough when someone is asking me questions like if i meet a a vanilla person or a friend who was like from vanilla life that kind of knows what i do now and they are curious and are asking i actually reference i i refer them to another podcast not even ours um the dildorks (laughs) <laughs> because I love the dildorks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just feel like I feel like the dildorks is like is like a better 101 for kink than we are because like it just in the same way that searching for BDSM on the internet you can come across something that's like maybe a little too hardcore for what you want. Like our episodes like sometimes can be really like heavy with like uh scat play or like just things that are are a little more out there. And I also being like kind of nerdy, don't really like call our episodes like scat play. Like I'll, I'll name it something that you have no idea what the episode's about just because I think it's funny. So I, I would always recommend the dildorks as being like to people who are trying to like get information without getting like overwhelmed by something like, like us talking about like me licking Gwen's asshole after she takes a dump. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so funny that you say the dildorks because my new thing that I recommend to people getting into kink for like first media is Kate Sloan's book 101 kinky things even you can do because it's basically like just an excellent kink primer that gives you a snapshot of 101 of the most common not even the most Maybe the most common, like, just 
hints that you'll find or should know about or would help you to know about like yeah that will give you like a very good baseline, baseline like give you some safety some like it's not going to give you a manual on how to do every kink but yeah. if you're just getting into it it's a great book for like finding things that you might be interested in right because now you know like yeah it doesn't have like maybe all the safety information or all the thing but you re- like the way it's set up is basically like you can read a section and when you hit one that resonates with you now you have the word to right. google now you have the thing to like search so that you're not finding the stuff that you don't want to find or whatever and i i, I think it's like invaluable yeah it's a amazing amazing resource yeah, yeah so both yeah just dildorks kate's books everything kate everything touches everything kate everything bex also another promoting other podcasts uh but uh the bedpost is another great one uh aaron pym who is also a, another canadian podcaster all the canadians getting the love yeah but yeah i want to say like <laughs> podcasts are a great resource and i know i'm biased but like because i am one but I, that's also how i learned about kink when i was first getting into it and Uh i think it is a great resource because like with shows with guests like ours or aaron's or sometimes the dildorks like just hearing like i was saying earlier hearing people explain like in words like from the heart their stuff and like hear their passion in their voice about it like there's just something about that that um i think is really helpful when you're getting into the community yeah yeah for sure so for each of you, when you found kink and you started getting involved in this community, how did things change for you and your relationship with your body and with your partners change other than just like the technical, now we do this in the bedroom? Like how did the emotional and the psychological aspects change for you? I think you should, do you want, do you, you want to, oh, this. you want me to, yeah. oh, I might talk for a while. No, go for okay. It. I, mean, I think so. <laughs> okay, Sure. So for me, it's interesting because if you are specifically asking from the pivot point of when I entered the community, it's it's interesting because I was like kinky and doing kink things before I ever found the community. And in fact, never wanted to find the community because of the way that kink is represented in media. I it did not resonate with me like I whenever you see like scenes from dungeons, it just seemed like a dance club to me. And I was like, that's not really appealing and and of course, like media representation is so wrong of what kink is. But when that's all you know, I was like, that's silly. Like, I don't want to wear latex. I want to be wearing a T-shirt and jeans and have someone throw a bag over my head and abduct me. Like, that's hot to me. Not, you know, and, and again, nothing against like latex. Like, if you're into that, sweet. Like, you know, but it just wasn't my connection. So I spent years kind of fumbling through relationships of of like balancing like oh well i either have to be vanilla with this person or like test the waters and see if they're like a weirdo like i am and then you know um and and so it was a lot of years of that and then um it was when i was married me and my wife at the time joined fet life together to and and went out to like a munch because we were trying to I i had basically opened up about my kink stuff early on in our relationship which i tend to do in every relationship and then based on the person's response would sort of like let the relationship sort of let that dictate the relationship so i had told my wife all this or she wasn't my wife at the time but when we first met i told her all this stuff and she was like i'm not into that and i was just like all right cool and at the time i was sort of all right with just 
sacrificing, if you will, that side to like be like, because I have like an emotional connection to this person. I, I don't want to like ruin a relationship over, you know, them not wanting to like punch me in the balls, like, you know, whatever, like it was years into our marriage that she was like, you know, I, I do kind of want to start poking around and learning more about this stuff after I had relayed to her that kink sort of had sort of brought me back from like the edge of depression after I had a um I had a heart attack when I was 30 and I I didn't know I was having a heart attack it was really bad I didn't go to the hospital for 12 hours cuz I didn't have pain it was like this whole thing my and and I spent uh, it like messed me up really bad and then for 2 years because of my physical health I was like really depressed and I sort of like gave up on any type of like kink sexuality all the thoughts were just like gone I was not in a headspace for anything like that. And then I sort of wrestled my way back by, uh, interestingly enough, I told you earlier that scenes of peril in in something were the thing that got me into it. That was a thing that I was able to take fantasy of. I, I was afraid of dying for two years. Like I was just deathly afraid of dying. And then I realized like, you know, at one point that I used to fantasize about being put in positions where I was like going to be killed and I thought it was horny. And like, can I use that to sort of like bridge, like kind of crawl my way back and out of this depression? And just as a caveat, like, I don't want to die. I'm not suicidal. I don't actually ever want to be put into a situation where my life is in jeopardy. I have been to the hospital way too many times on the brink of death. And it is scary. It's not horny when it's happening. However, that, that scenario is is like when put into a a fantasy is very hot to me. And I use that to claw my way back. She saw that and she was like, hey, tell me more about some of this kink stuff that you're into. And I did. And then she was like, you know, that does sound interesting. Maybe blah, blah. We got into the community. We grew apart, I think, probably because of that. But also, like, that's OK. Like we we like she found her stuff. I found my stuff. And, and we we you know, whatever, for whatever reason, the things didn't work. I'm not getting into all that, but like, it was good that we found it and the way we found it. And just like, even though our relationship didn't like, like stay, like we both found people and like connections that it were, uh, benefited us both. And like, I now feel like more like me than I ever have, because I, I don't have to be in relationships anymore where I have to put that stuff in the back. I can, you know, I can actively like look for that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really been like, just, I, I think like healing is like probably the best way for me to put like, like finding the kink community was very like healing for me. Yeah. 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 I love that. I'd say for me, it's, it's interesting because it's totally different, but I think you could, I don't know, in a nutshell, they're a little bit similar, but I grew up in a really like conservative Christian environment with like purity culture and such where I was taught, well, for one, like very poor, like sex ed, like abstinence only sexual education. And then I had all of this guilt surround like I grew up as like a very horny teenager and then I'm battling like the church telling me that's not right also like social pressure at school like girls aren't talking about having like sexual urges or fantasies or being open about if they're having sex with guys and like 
just the whole I was a very sexual person in a very repressed culture and then the thing with purity culture was like I was being taught that showing expressing any sort of sexuality was inviting essentially like assault into my life yeah. like if you bare bones that's what I was taught and I was taught that I needed to dress a certain way in order not to tempt men in the church and my life. So all of that was, I had like eating disorders growing up and like very, very poor body image. Didn't know why. Like I, I just, I don't know, looking back on it now, I'm like, I feel like I was taught a lot of shame yeah. about my body. Again, like getting into kink, I just like, it's weird because getting into kink and BDSM pretty much directly led me into sex work as well and being a kink and fetish provider, which led me to learning a lot more about clients and other people's interests and how people feel toward my body because I feel like when I was in this like repressed purity culture environment, I was being told that everybody was sexualizing me, but I felt like nobody desired me and horrible about myself. And it just, it didn't make any sense that I was being told all these things, but I just felt awful. Yeah. And then I feel like with the sexually open culture that I'm in now being in like the kink and BDSM community, it is a lot more clear people's feelings toward my body and my like and then like working with so many clients and having like seeing what they really feel toward my body it's interesting because all of the shitty things about people and being a femme presenting person have not gone away but they are a lot more clear to me like it's just it's not all this hidden like repressed scary like, insidious thing if that makes sense and so and a lot of like most all of my like body image issues are gone now that i'm like being paid money for like <laughs> providing like sexual services i mean i'm basically doing the opposite of what i was taught in purity culture and yeah. such so i think that's the main way like that physically it has been healing for me yeah like, yeah yeah i i really i'm really glad that you said what you said because you touched on something that i sort of glossed right past and that's even just like feeling feeling like you or not feeling like you when you're younger you know you're saying like oh you like all this stuff was being like kind of like shoved down your throat i i didn't have purity culture stuff but on the other side of what you're saying is i had the the sort of feeling really like an outcast like i i grew up you know being socialized as a guy and so you're in the locker room in school and guys are talking about like oh you know so-and-so has got tits now and this and that. And like, I don't, I didn't care about that. Like I wanted, like, I wanted Jane, I wanted Jane to, 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 to threaten to kill me, not yeah. show me your tits or, or make me smell her armpits. Not like, you know, it was like, it was like things like that. Like everything that guys talked about like, was yeah. like, it didn't make sense to me. And, and honestly, like for years, I, I was like living a life of, I used to fuck a lot. Like, and like, that is like, not like, 
I'm asexual. It took me until I was like, like a few years ago to realize like, you know, I, I wasn't fucking because I liked fucking. Like I was fucking because I thought I had. And also like I would do it in order to sex is the price I have to pay to get to suck on someone's toes or like do the things I want to do. And like being in the community now, you don't have to do that. Like you, you, you can you just find a person. You can connect that, to people yeah. that, that, that want just that for a relationship with you. And I'm like, awesome. You know, I, I think that I, th- I'm really glad you said that. Cause it reminded me of that. And I think that's so in finding yourself and like being true to yourself, you know, I, I like we were talking about this the other day, but like I have like the, like I, I'm not into the whole like body count thing, but like I've hooked up with a lot of people and like I don't regret it in terms of like because of because of the person I regret it because of me like and like I didn't need to be doing that in order to get the things that actually are fulfilling to me. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And I like that you bring it up because both of you probably have had the experience that not everybody needs sex with their kink. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions is that yes. it has to be sexual. Yep. So how do you start having those conversations with partners of, I, I have no interest in any type of sexual activity, but I do want X, Y, and Z in terms of kink. I think it's the easiest if you are in the community and you find a person, like for example, one of my play partners, we've never really talked about having like PIV sex I'm like, they're into latex. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, I I found this person to like, like going into it, it's pretty clear that we're going to be doing like latex things, you know, it does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you I think, like, because of the way people talk in the community at things like munches, which are like fantastic, where you can, you're not in an inherently sexual situation, you're in a social situation, talking about things that are sexual or kink but you're not like there isn't the pressure of having to like do or not do or or an expectation of anything you meet people who are like-minded and you start to sort of you know oh like that's interesting like i i would want to try that and and like your relationships can be built on what they are rather than like what society expects them to be and i think that that's like really the key thing is like you don't have to start at the baseline of we want to fuck and then bring it down to like the other things like you you might not even get to like wanting to fuck like you might just be like oh i like you know i like the way your feet look oh i like having my feet like licked like cool and then like that's it and you do that and like it's so interesting because you you said it it's not sexual but it is but it, and it's like it like yes it all is but that doesn't mean sex and i think that's the right. the Ooh. difference is it, because like Yes, I could suck on a foot for an hour and be like really happy about that, but that is sexual to me. But I was like, just, I was <laughs> you know, say too. It's like we talk a lot about like, well, if you really think about it, like, how do you define sex? Because it's like, like you say, like, how do you talk about kink that doesn't involve sex? Which, like, as in like PIV, like fucking, but like yeah. a lot of a lot of kink play can be a lot more like emotionally intimate or physically yep. intimate depending on the person i don't know i just think getting like your skin sliced open could be like a lot more yep considered sex to somebody than fucking is and like i look at two people doing that and i'm like oh that's them having sex yeah so it's like i feel like 
but I, it's hard for, it's extremely difficult for me to explain that to like a vanilla person. Yeah. 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 I agree. And that's what I was, I was trying to get to, because again, for me, like an intense impact scene can be incredibly sexual. There's not necessarily an orgasmic release with it. There's no penetration with it, but it is. And I think that's hard for folks who haven't experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like, also goes back to like sex doesn't have to end in orgasm. It doesn't have to have orgasms involved. Like, it's I mean orgasms are great too but like it doesn't have to even be in the like so okay here's like a really here's an example of something we went to a play party last weekend and we did a scene where I was in a spiked chastity cage and just for people who don't know it's a chastity cage that is lined on the inside with very very sharp spikes like they will cut and draw blood my it's 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 very painful and and the the more aroused you get your your dick is pressing against these spikes harder and it's it's makes it worse and worse so the scene was me in that cage and gwen and my other um like friend uh fancy friend i guess you could call where where, uh the two of them just sat in chairs above me and stepped on me took their shoes off put them in my face made me smell their feet made me lick their feet and i was like screaming and in agony and it was like terrible and wonderful and, you know, uh, but no one got off. Like it was just, that was it. But then we went home and like, you know, a couple hours later at home, like I was like, oh no, it was the next, it, I'm sorry. It was the next morning. The next morning I jerked off thinking about that. So yeah, I got off to it, but like, I didn't need to get off to it in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, there is like a separation of like, yeah, the things are like horny and sexual, but they don't have to mean sex as in like PIV sex or even like orgasm in the moment or anything like that. But last thing on that note is I have had way more orgasms with partners since be since involving kink into my oh, life. Because yeah. Like that was, I I meant to say when you asked about the physical body question too, is I was not sexually satisfied at all when I was in the like vanilla dating world. And I found I was really uncomfortable with how everything was like assumed and what I wanted as a woman was assumed. And like, I wasn't getting off. No one was making me come ever. And like, they didn't seem to really care. And like kinky people... If orgasms are what you're going for, like people will that you're meeting up with for that thing will care about like getting you off. That's like. that's yeah, that's the other thing too is I feel like when you when you are kink- and not everyone who's kinky and not everyone in the community, but like by and large I've found that people are more open about what they want and open to like delivering what you want. Like, yeah, it's just more yeah. open communication because yeah. like when you're in the vanilla dating world, it's like with my experience, it's been like me and a cis guy where the cis guy like doesn't know how to make me come because I don't feel comfortable talking about it with him and he doesn't feel comfortable talking about what he really wants with me and it's just this whole like weird guessing game where we're trying to figure out what each other wants and like yeah it's just also like as a neurodivergent person trying to suss that out is just I would so much rather it be like clear-cut negotiated consent wise like that is much better for me like I feel more confident having a more 
well thought out conversation before going into sex. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> we're ramblers. We did yeah. answer your question, right? And then I went, <laughs> I went back to your question <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> this is what I love. The podcasts where I talk the least are usually the best. So you've brought up the media representation a couple times, and media often represents you know bdsm is like this scary german lady shouting angry things at you and it seems very hostile and mean uh-huh what has been your experience emotionally with your partners in kink i mean it's funny because i could say that like coming off of that god this is so complex i was like bullied horribly like as a like growing up and like I don't like that as far as being treated poorly, but in the context of like a negotiated thing where someone's treating me poorly the way I want to be treated poorly and won't use words that like I've that people called me when they were actually sticking my head in a toilet against my will. Like, you know, you can you can build and control like how you're bullied and then that like thing that's coming off as being like mean isn't mean it's loving like i you know i've had gwen you've done things for me uh, said things to me like i've had other partners that have been that have said things to me that like if it were like real world context i would be like ew no or like even like um for example okay so i am in feel, I, i've mentioned it before i'm into like feeling like i'm in peril and so like gwen has like we've like we've fucked in ways where like you've been like i switched out your heart meds and poisoned you and like if your heart rate gets too high you're gonna fucking die and then we'll start like fucking me and i'm like uh like you know and that's like that's like a scary whatever but and that's awesome and like i would get off and be like completely happy with that i have also had people because i am so open and talk about my fetishes i've had people directly send me messages on fetlife that were like that read as more like death threats. And I know they were trying to be sexy or horny or whatever. It's not like it's it's actually creepy when someone says something to you that's not negotiated or they don't actually know you or. And, and I know that's slightly different, but the example of that sort of clicked in my head more for, for what I was trying to say. So, yeah, I don't know if you had anything on that. Yeah, I feel like emotionally, I just feel more fulfilled with partners and. In general, grateful. Like I said, I feel like partners care more about getting me off, which means something to me emotionally and physically. And I feel just, I feel a greater sense of like emotional connection with someone when they're willing to do kink with me because like I love fucking and just like PIV sex and all of that is awesome and I seek it out and it's amazing, but it does mean more to me emotionally when someone is willing to fulfill a kink fantasy because i'm just like not everyone would be willing to do that and like not everyone would be willing to fuck me either but a lot more it'd be it's so much easier to find someone just to yeah. have piv sex with than it's it's just like it is a very meaningful thing to find somebody to share a thing that you might feel weird about or you felt weird about in the past. Whereas like vanilla sex is a bit more commonplace. So yeah, it feels more emotionally fulfilling to me. Yeah. I, I, I also just to like tack on to that too, like I was saying earlier, I don't have a ton of PIV sex really anymore. Also, like PIV sex doesn't have to be vanilla. So like 
Right. For example, like I might not want to just like meet someone. I don't I don't like meet someone and I'm just like, oh, like I want to fuck you. But like Gwen, I was just talking a few minutes ago about like, we'll fuck, but it's because you're threatening to kill me that like through the act of fucking that makes fucking like hot to me. Like, uh, you know, like like that's the thing that that makes it good. And I just I think that like it's cool to like be able to see the the difference between just like even what you would consider vanilla sex isn't as vanilla as you think sometimes in kink and and like vice versa, I guess. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so much of it is the the context. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll do the 1950s role play, which looks very traditional, heteronormative, all of that. Yeah. But when you add the kink aspect to it, all of a sudden it doesn't feel like that at all. No. Uh, yeah. it, it, we do was... a lot with, like, massage. And, like, Dick will, like, slap me in the face, which I would never, ever be okay with. Yeah anyone doing in a in like any a real context yeah. like i was i was gonna actually say to reference what you were talking about earlier with the purity culture thing that's like scars and and stuff that on you that like you know growing up that way but we play with that now yeah in a kinky way where you know i i will either like slut shame you or like deny you or do things that like that fit into that pocket of of sort of like we will we will role play sort of a sexual purity thing and it's hot now versus being oh this is like making me feel small this is making me feel like this in real life makes me feel small but doing it in this context makes me feel small in a horny way (laughs) and then afterwards i feel empowered actually because i did this situation but like with my control over it and under my terms and yeah yeah yeah. we both like we both kind of get the same thing we we have different fetishes like obviously and and different like even like traumas like not that all kinks have to be informed by trauma but just the ones that we're talking about happen to be and yours is purity culture mine is like kind of this fear of death you do feel very empowered afterwards like again like if you tell me in the right context that you're going to kill me, I feel like small and weak and like a mushy little puddle of horny. But then, yes, feel empowered afterwards. Like you were saying, if I slap you in the face, like we've never it, there's never been an instance where I have face slapped you that was not in pre-negotiated like kink context. And if anything like that had ever happened, like that would be like horrific, abusive, like not OK, like not cool. Right. Like, you know, it, it really depends on like what you kind of like negotiate and are okay with and like, and it comes from the person that's having it done to them. Like, I think there's a huge thing to be said for that too. You know, you want to be slapped and want to be told that you're bad for like wanting to fuck. I told you that I want to feel like my life is, is threatened. It's not like a fat life message from someone who's I'm going to kill you or, or you get some awful, awful ones at, you know? Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah, just because uh, that's a big thing we talk about too, is like, just because you're into a thing doesn't mean you want to do it with With everybody. Yeah. And also I think it's pretty safe to say like people don't want to do kink with people, like jump right into kink with people if they haven't met. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Normal. I mean, it depends. I mean, there's like frenzy period and there's things where maybe, but, but like, but oh, say by, hi to me. But <laughs> like by and large, yes, it's no, you're you're correct. Yeah. 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 And what I've noticed with it, like I've been in the kink world for three decades now. What I've noticed is there are a lot more people coming in who are newer to it, who are not 
haven't been through the whole initiation process that you used to go through like decades ago. Uh-huh. And they feel okay assuming that if you have submissive on your profile, you're immediately going to be submissive to them. Right. That person might only be submissive with one person in a specific setting. You've brought up media a couple of times. A lot of bad representation of kink. There's so much bad representation of kink. What do you consider good representation of kink in the media? That's tough because I could say all of it and none of it, to be honest, and be completely right. But I feel like there's like a kind of a meeting in the middle there. I think that when kink is represented in media, by and large, it is for entertainment value or storytelling value, not to educate people. And there are things out there that are to educate. Again, like, uh, you know, okay, like we could talk about like Fifty Shades and like all the problems with that. But also, just because that has a bunch of problems, half the people that are into kink now are into it because they've read Fifty Shades. We're like, this is kind of horny. Went to investigate a little bit more. And then we're like, oh, this is like, that's actually really like not cool. But now I found what is cool. So, like, even if something is bad, it does have educational value. Um, Like, we'll, you know, we'll talk about, like, the movie Secretary, which I think is a is a really great representation of, like, like, you know, that dynamic. However, it also is a fictional story, which is, like, horny. And so it doesn't go through, like, you could watch that. Like, I could watch that movie and I could critique it and be like, this was an abusive relationship. This was not good. Mm-hmm. Fuck this movie. Or I could watch it and be like, this is the most accurate representation I've seen. And somewhere in the middle, I'm right. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. The only thing that comes to mind is like specific examples. Like my favorite is probably the movie Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, (laughs) because for anyone listening, like just I think because that's focuses a lot on the history of Wonder Woman, but also like kink in the media and representation of rope bondage in the media and peril and like all this. And so like that does a great job of storytelling while while educating, while being horny and all of that. It also has a lot of great polyamory representation and polyamory and kink struggles and judgment and showing people facing and dealing with that uh pushback from people and yeah i think that movie specifically always comes to mind because it's it's horny the story is amazing it's nerdy like if you're a kinky person i think it's just like a must see yeah it's also like just to tack on like it's interesting because like a lot of media that is kink media I don't find as horny because it's not necessarily my kink being represented. And so like I could I could also talk about media that is kinky and horny, but maybe isn't really intended to be like for me, the TV show of Hannibal is like one of the kinkiest things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like the relationship between like Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham is like a perfect DS relationship for my sick, twisted fantasy. I want my therapist to manipulate me into being like, this is hot as fuck. 
But is it kink? Is it kink education? No. Like, is it is it ethical? No. Like, yeah. is it hot? Oh, yes. I think, like, like, if you listen to our show, you'll probably find that a lot of the horniest kink representations for people are it's, things that were not yes. either not made to be kinky yeah. or they clearly are but aren't presented that way. Yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. fetishist must have been involved in the creation, but, like, only another fetishist it's, would pick up on it's like we see that a lot with like it's like kink stuff sometimes some like poly stuff a lot of queer stuff yeah even even using hannibal as as a reference for that like brian fuller the the guy who did the show is openly gay and like and the characters are not necessarily gay but like the gay coding on the show is like more accurate i feel like than like if you watch say like a sitcom i'm trying to think of like a sitcom that has like a gay character in it that feels a forced, weird, fake thing where, like, something like Hannibal feels like more like a real, like I a would real. Say Hannibal is kink coded. It's kink coded and, and queer coded, and like all and then, and, like, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, for me personally, my best kink fuel media is just horror movies in general. Yeah, like there's a ton of it in horror. The other one is Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers has yeah. so much kinky shit in it. I love. <laughs> So like the funny. balloon episode alone is fucking amazing. We were just talking recently about how much we love how Bob is like most definitely bisexual, yeah. but like, and there's just like the littlest hints, like the littlest things he says. It's so adorable. Yeah. There's one Thanksgiving episode where he keeps having to go back to buy yep. the turkey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone made a meme out of that a few years ago. I remember seeing that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Tina's clearly polyamorous. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah, so good. Yeah, no, they, they, I you're right in that. There's a lot of stuff that's kink coded, and clearly somebody slipped in something that nobody else really picked up. Yeah, yeah. my my favorite. If our listeners want to find you, if they want to listen to your podcast, if they want to follow you online, plug all the things. All right. Well, our podcast is called Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. It's on every app you can find also there's like a backlog of episodes that aren't available anymore on our website which is offthecuffs.org the first hundred or so aren't available on players anymore just because we we hit a cap of (laughs) you can find us there uh all of our social media for off the cuffs is at ocp kink off the cuffs podcast kink ocp kink and uh my personal like social media stuff twitter i think it's dick wound on on Instagram, it's DW Pod Host, mm-hmm. and on FetLife, I'm Dick underscore Wound. And you, you, yeah. you're easier than me, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty much for my stuff, find me on Twitter at bydaily six six six, and Instagram is also bydaily six six six. And then my OnlyFans, where you can see all my sexy nudes and kinky porn and lots of kinky pictures and porn, actually, and just all the things that I get up to. Some of me and Dick's play also is OnlyFans.com slash ByDaily666. And then we also have a shared many vids store with like porn videos. Again, like a lot of them are solo videos of me, but there's some of me and Dick's play too, which is ocpkink.manyvids.com. I'm pretty sure. And my fet life is just by daily, B I D A I L Y. 
and we'll have all of those links up for our listeners. Check out their show. I've been listening for years. It's it's a great show. They're they're a great host couple. And thank you for being on on Fat Chicks. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, this was thank such you. A good convo. And now, a moment of gratitude. I'm currently grateful for, um, I've actually only, I've been a kinky person and practicing kink with partners for a decent amount of years now, but I, it took me a long time to get involved in the, like, any sort of local community. And um, we went to an event last night. It was just like an adult prom munch. And I had had a couple, really it was just like a shitty week. And it felt nice to just be in a space with kinky friends that like were really caring and just like gave a shit about me. And like just all the things I was talking about earlier with being around kinky people and the benefits of that so um just coming off of that last night it's it's new to me so that's the thing that i am finding really fulfilling and i'm very grateful for yeah i think like to kind of like add on to yours rather than like start anew is would would be yeah i think that like community and like friendships in particular that i've made through like in the kink community it's really interesting because i feel like people walk around repressed with their sexuality with their identity like uh, you know it, it, like people who are not in the community like the world is like very repressed in a lot of ways and it's really interesting to see when when you can break through that and realize that you can talk about sex or kink or things without it being sexual or like the the um chase of like getting like laid or whatever it is like when you strip that away and you can openly communicate with people about your desires and about this it opens up like your it opens up every other channel of like your communication with people and like we've made friends in the in the community you know that we're in here that are just like i i know i've known vanilla people for 20 years that i don't trust as much as people i've known for you know three four months sometimes because you you get into you you have that like emotional intimacy even without it being like intimate in the way of like physicality and i think that that's really like awesome yeah i i, I think that that's probably the thing i'm most grateful for is just like the friendships like like it, it really enriches a friendship being able to like communicate about things even the way that, and again, not everyone is like on the same level or whatever, just being able to like admit something to somebody and have them accept that and hear that. And even if they're not into it, be like, that's not really my thing, but like, I get it because X, Y, Z is my thing. And you can like, you you can be really comfortable with people. Yeah. Like, yeah. and uh, safe, feel safer. Yeah. Too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Texas of the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fat Chicks on Top. 
Please like, subscribe, and review our podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. If we like your review, we may even read it online. This has been an Auntie Vice production. Producer and host, Rebecca Blanton. Audio production by Sharon Smith. Music by David Manga. And more music by Sharon Smith. For more information about Fat Chicks on Top, please visit our website for all things Fat Chicks at fatchicksontop.com.